Welcome back to Letting It All Hang Out, the show where we bring together some badass people that make me want to get out, live life to the fullest, and hopefully inspire you to do the same. Today, I am joined by Mike Montague. Mike is an award-winning speaker, entertaining over 2,000 audiences live and virtually. He has performed as an educator, a keynote speaker, radio on-air personality, karaoke host, game show host, and DJ, where he opened for Billy Idol and Frankie Valli in Kansas City. His popular How to Succeed podcast has over 2 million downloads. He is also a co-author of LinkedIn, The Sandler Way, and Sandler's go-to expert on social media and virtual selling. And last but certainly not least, he is the founder of the Playful Humans online community. Mike is an awesome guy to have a conversation with. This episode was a ton of fun, so let's get into it. Hello there. How are things? Things are good. How are things with you? Uh, doing well. I'm excited uh, for a Friday, for sure. <laughs> Those are always good. For sure. I love your background. It looks so fancy. Uh, yes, I was going for like the Tonight Show look, and I have uh, I have lights around here somewhere too, if uh, if I want, so I can I can bust them on. They're hard to see. But, oh, uh, look at they, that! Make it fancy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, thanks. how have you been? Have you been uh, having fun? Oh yeah, I've been having fun. Um, been trying to have even more fun lately, just because you know, as uh, work gets, I don't know, uh, busier for lack of a better word. I'm like, okay, I got to balance that out with a little bit more fun in my life. So just got back from camping like a week ago ish, and that was really fun. Um, now planning our next play adventure. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I forget who introduced us. I, I think I've met you through the the podcast website, but I was already connected with you on LinkedIn. I think through like Jeff Harry or somebody, right? I think so. Yeah, Jeff um, is a good friend of mine. He's like my play mentor essentially. So it was cool. Yeah. I, I was just looking at awesome your movie. Playful Humans podcast, and I was like, oh, there's Jeff. Well, I'm super excited. Thank you for uh, coming on to my podcast. I, I'm always so stoked to talk to anybody that comes on, but play is one of those things where how could you not have a fabulous conversation about it? <laughs> it's just involves fun. So right. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's just get into one of the more, I think things that when people think of play, at least I, when I used to think of play, like a lot of people, we think of kids, we think of like hide and go seek, we think of maybe like Legos and things. I would love to hear your definition, so to speak, of play and what it means to you. Well, for me, I have uh, like a personal brand and what it means to me is a creative nerdery. So this was a term that my parents and aunts and uncles used for us, <laughs> my, my brother and sister and cousins. When we were really playing, they would just be like, oh, we got more creative nerdery this afternoon. We would just be like in the flow moment, like go back in the room, find some toys like wigs or costumes or something and come out and do a little funny skit and then run back and, and come up with something else. And creative nerdery kind of means three things to me. So number one is the creative part. It's something unique, it's original, it's authentic to you. Um, and, and it's a creation, not consuming uh, part, which I think is big in, in today's culture. And then the nerdery part is just geeking out on whatever it is. So it doesn't have to be like a science nerd thing, although I do happen to love science and technology and, and stuff. But um, whatever gets you geeked up, right? When you see little kids and they're, they're like, you know, shaking or their legs and <laughs> bouncing up and down, you're like, okay, like they're, they're geeked up about whatever it is. And I think everybody has something there too. 
And then when you put them together, it's really just joy to me. So when you're in that flow state uh, of joy and you've lost yourself, your inhibitions drop. Portuguese have a word for that. It's called desbundar. Uh, we don't have one in, in English, but it's just that moment where you're like, oh, this is it. Like I'm in it. And just you drop and relax and it might be on vacation or you might be doing a puzzle or something else, but everything else in the background fades away and you're just really present. And, and I love all three parts of that when it comes to play. Oh, I love that. I love the word creative nerdery that excites me too. And you said something really uh, important and interesting that I haven't heard put in that way is it's about creation, not consuming. And I think, you know, let's just take social media, for example, right? Like we get a lot of joy from scrolling through social media. Maybe we even think it's fun, but that's not necessarily play. And so when, right. when we're thinking of those things, it's like, we're in a relaxed state, but also maybe there's some sort of level of challenge that sort of meets your skill. Can you expand a little bit on how we as adults can realistically incorporate more of that play or that flow state uh, in a way that's not, in a way that's more of the creation process rather than a consuming process? Yeah, I, I think there are kind of three buckets to that in my mind. One you said is, yeah, the consumption. We can binge watch Netflix and, and dead scroll on our phone for hours and be in a type of flow state. And I don't know that it really brings us joy. I, I push back with one of our mutual friends on that too. It might give us pleasure, but I don't know that that really gives us joy. It's almost like a mindless, uh, mindless pleasure. And then there's also the workflow. So any challenging task can get you in flow, right? When you're really focused and something is, is serious, but sometimes that's too stressful for me. So what I found missing, especially in adulthood, is those type of experiences that are like positive and flow and you're creating, but it's in a, a fun and recreational way. It's freely chosen. So nobody told you you had to do this. And it, it's something that doesn't really have an outcome. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the best part for me. I, now, I do like to create. I like to build Lego and do other things that has an outcome. And sometimes even painting or other creation things, writing or, or doing a podcast like this, there is something that's created at the end of it. I think that's nice. But for me, the point is not that, right? If, if you're doing it, if you're making this podcast to make money on it and to get some other kind of benefit, then you're not in the moment. You're, you're doing a job. That's not play, right? Yeah. So I think that's the part that's missing for adults is that spontaneous recreation where you've lost your inhibitions, you're in the flow state, but you're just doing it for the fun of it. You're, you're at the pool with your friends, you know, you're having some drinks or dancing or whatever, and you're in that moment of this is just for us. We're not trying to document it with our phones and put it up on Instagram because it looks cool. We're just in the moment living it. And, and that to me is the big difference. Yeah, it's so funny how we get so attached to the outcome. And I think it's, you know, we've sort of been conditioned to get attached to the outcome. If you're doing something, you better be doing it for a reason is what our brains go to, especially right. in business and work and all of that. How do we start to like detach ourselves at least a little bit from the outcome specifically and enjoy the process more? And I'm sure that that first requires just enjoying whatever it is, or maybe even gamifying it. So I'll, I'll let you dive into that. Yeah, I think you hit on two and I have a third too. So I, I think gamifying definitely helps like creating it in fun and saying, okay, well, I need to clean the house. How can I make cleaning the house more fun? Or how can I do it with other people? I think 
those are great questions and easy places to start because you don't have to separate out as much. The other thing that comes to me, uh, mind for me though, is like creating boredom and space to have fun. So when you're scheduling fun in your calendar, it's really hard to have fun, right? <laughs> I have 45 minutes to, to fit in as much fun as possible. That's, that's not congruent. So giving yourself permission to be bored and then see what creativity bubbles up or taking larger spaces in your day. So I know everybody's got different requirements of job and family and other stuff, but maybe it's a, a morning time before everybody else gets up or if you're a night out after everybody else goes to bed, something where you don't have a pressure of something else looming. Mm -hmm. I found that especially as a creative professional because I, I write and speak for a living and if I have to write a speech, if I have something else on the calendar, if I have a meeting at 2 p.m., I'm sitting there thinking, well, I can write till two, but should I start now or not start now because I might not finish it? And, how, and it's really hard to get into flow when you already have that end of the activity in mind. It's like when you're on vacation, right? The, the first few days you got to unwind and then the last few days you're like, oh, there's only two days left for the vacation. And it starts sucking the fun out of it. So you have to give yourself plenty of space, I, I think, and, and permission and a safe space to start exploring and, and loosen up a little bit. And sometimes yeah. that's easier when people aren't watching or there's no outcome tied to it. Yeah, giving our self space and permission and not feeling like we're constrained by time or anything else. Or, and, and that makes me think of, you know, we're already so busy, let's say. Like, like the average person so busy and we think, okay, well, how am I supposed to dedicate a whole day or, or a period of time where I don't feel constrained or worried about X, Y, Z to play. And I, you know, I've talked about this with Jeff and, and Gary Ware and a couple other play people and each of them have a slightly different opinion on this, yeah. but how do we make sure that, that we help people understand, like, it's not frivolous. It's something that's important for us. And if we do allow ourselves permission to create that time and that space for play or just fun in general, it's actually going to benefit us when we do get back into that work mode, so to speak. Yeah, I think what you said there at the end is important for people that really are struggling with it is that there is an ROI on play and, and creativity and, and fun that all the research studies, it's amazing. You just Google it and, and look at it. There are studies that show people that play more uh, lose weight, they're healthier, uh, they have more sex, they have better relationships, they make more money, uh, they go higher in their career. Like it's down the line. Uh, you have bigger brains and, and make more connections and, and do better at problem solving. I mean, that's a ton of benefits for something. And I think also what's funny for me is we talk about it for kids, right? Oh, well, kids definitely need recess and they need to get that energy out of their system. And uh, kids, the NFL has the play 60 campaign and everything. And I just think, well, when would that stop then? Uh, so, cause you turned 18, you don't need to, you don't need to move your body anymore, right? You don't, you don't need to get that energy out. You don't need to be creative or, or draw or, or scribble or, or do anything. Like when, when does, what age does that, it's not important. Well, obviously it's important at every age and even more as you get older. So when we talk about, you know, 65 plus, it becomes even more critical to engage your mind and your body in activities like play that people that play live longer. So, I mean, I, there's research on that. It's crazy. All the studies that have been done and there's virtually no, no side effects for me. So I think giving yourself permission and thinking about those is true. Now, it, the schedule and finding time is a challenge. I think there's a couple ways you could look at that of 
finding small wins and things that just make you happy and taking a 15 minute break in the middle of a busy day just to relax and whatever it is, do a puzzle, draw, whatever, just check out for a minute. But for me, I think of it more like time blocking in, in a schedule that play is an important part that I need to be healthy every week. So am I going to take a couple of nights where I have a bowling league and that's my night out with the friends or whatever, or a, a painting uh, party, or do I write creatively on Saturday mornings, or do I play board games with the kids on Sunday nights, finding some big blocks of those that I need, just, just like working out and just like sleep. I need to you know, be productive and pay the bills too. So I just think it needs to be elevated to an equal place with some of those other things. Yeah, for sure. And as you were rallying off those just endless benefits after benefits of, of play, uh, I think a, a lot of people may be familiar with those things and, and are like, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I get it. But there's, I don't know if it's something inside. I don't know if it's maybe just conditioning, whatever it is, we still put it on the back burner. And it's like, right. oh, what, what's your opinion on like why we do that? Well, play is an interesting one because when you look at stuff like, you know, saving money for retirement or, or your health, it's pretty obvious that like the instant gratification of, you know, eating a cheeseburger is better than eating, you know, a salad. Um, but for play, the instant benefits are, are there. It, is, it really is there. But I think there's a psychological thing about wanting to fit in and our, our culture has really drowned out that the way you get ahead is by working hard. It's a, a Puritan work, that, work ethic that founded America, right? And we've all uh, bought into it that if you work really hard, eventually you can, you can have be successful, whatever that means. And really even the have fun part in retirement isn't that uh, preached that much, right? So there, I don't even know what that reward of, of the American dream is really because people talk about the family and the white picket fence, but they don't talk about how fun that is or anything or what you can do. Um, so I imagine most people have a dream of traveling and, and stuff long-term. But for me, I, I think it's really about looking silly and feeling frivolous and not, not productive. And all of that is just in your head. So that's a hard thing to change. But I found a couple of things there too. One, the more I am myself and the more authentic and silly I am, the more I get paid and the more people pay attention to me because uh, being safe and being average is average because everybody else can do it. So if you're like everybody else, it's not very valuable. The, the people on the extremes are the ones that are, are interesting and more valuable. So um, if you look at the companies that are playing the most, they are also growing the most. They're experimenting. They're not afraid to take risks and, and things. And I think risk and is, is really where that, that shakes out for me. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, we so overthink uh, the, these ideas and we get maybe self-conscious and then just we get like weirded out and we, we just ruminate all these unnecessary thoughts uh, in our head. And I find that is, you know, that happens a lot, especially with creators, let's say. May, they have some form of art that they do. Maybe it's a podcast, maybe they draw or paint or whatever. And they've got this dream or thing inside of them that's just like, I want to create and create and create. But then it sits maybe in a corner of their bedroom or underneath their bed or like, it, it never gets shown to anybody. And it's such a shame because that can inspire so many people, even inspire them to allow themselves to give themselves permission to also pursue their art. 
for what would you say for people who are like uh, on the fence or you know maybe they're sharing a little bit but it's once in a blue moon and they they want to make their themselves more known their art more known Hold up. Before we dive into the rest of the episode, I'm taking a quick moment to talk about today's sponsor, Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery is a Navy SEAL owned and operated CBD and recovery supplement company. William Bronham, the owner and CEO of Naked Warrior, started this company with a very clear initiative. Support the mental and physical recovery of veterans, first responders, athletes, and everyday humans that want to live more life with less resistance. A big reason why I love and respect Naked Warrior Recovery is that they know that the only way to perform at our highest potential is to allow our bodies and minds the opportunity to recover, which y'all know by now I am all about. So check out Naked Warrior Recovery at nw-recovery.com. That's nw-recovery.com. And get yourself a 20% discount on some high quality CBD products, super greens, and more by using the discount code Kalani20. That's K-A-L-A-N-I-20. K-A-L-A-N-I-20. Back to the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I think doing it for yourself is okay, too. If that's your outlet and you don't want to share it with the, the world, that's okay. Give yourself permission to enjoy that and just enjoy the process and, and throw it away. There's a lot of great prolific painters and, and artists and uh, writers and stuff that don't share their, their things with anybody. Uh, but I do think it is important to share and become social with uh, what you're doing because connecting with other people, especially right now, is so important. And it's how you combat, for me at least, that's how I combat the negative sides of social media and other things. Uh, the internet is finding your tribe of people that maybe your immediate friends and family and coworkers aren't into your weird eclectic <laughs> art. <laughs> but chances are with 7 billion people connected on the world, somebody is. There's somebody around that thinks that's cool and will give you a praise or want to do it with you. And that's where I try to focus my energy. And I, I think what I would recommend for other people is go find your tribe then. And if they're not in your city or whatever, figure it out online or, or even move if it's that important to you. Right. But chances are there's a way to do it and there are enough people um, to get collected. So Kevin Kelly wrote a book where he said a thousand true fans is really all you need to make a career out of something. If you have a thousand people that are willing to, you know, spend a hundred bucks a year, you got a hundred thousand dollar income, you can go do that. So out of 7 billion people on the planet, can you find a thousand that are willing to invest, you know, a hundred dollars a year with you in your pursuit? You could even turn that into a professional career. But when we're talking about just free frivolous fun, I think, yeah, I'm sure you can find 10 people that are willing to do whatever you think is fun uh, with you on the weekends. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Find, finding your tribe and the community of people. And that makes me think of workplaces too. Like we've got uh, coworkers that we find really close and, and, you know, we have sometimes like inside jokes and things with them and, and it's, but it, it almost feels like sometimes those communities, especially in the workplace are, is just that like a small little bubble in the workplace. And then everything mm -hmm. outside of that bubble is like eh, boring or bland or maybe really restrictive how do we start to cultivate even just ourselves? You know, maybe they're not the CEO or the executive manager. Maybe they're just a regular level employee. Um, or maybe it's at a place where it's like they're working 
I don't know, fast food or retail or whatever it is? How do we cultivate more of that play culture in a sense? That's a great question. You, you made me think of, of two things again. The first is, um, again, I always kind of think of both sides and go, well, is that, that true? Like, do we need to expand out of our bubble? Sometimes I think part of what inhibits creativity and fun is that we think it has to be for everybody. And even now when we're talking about creating a more diverse and inclusive society, yes, we want to invite everybody to the party, but that doesn't mean everybody has to show up right and, and accept our invitation we invite everybody but really we just want the cool people and the fun people to show up right <laughs> you know if they're going to be a party pooper and ruin it for everybody all right well don't don't come then and i think sometimes we put too much pressure on whatever our fun and play is that everybody has to like it well no they don't you know i i like sci-fi movies if that's not your thing then you know go watch your your rom-coms great we'll do it we, there's something for everybody now and so i think that's important but there is also what I think you and I are trying to do, which is uh, leading by example and inspiring other people to just lighten up, right? So, so that kind of goes with that same message is we don't need everybody to be polished. We don't need everybody following the rules. We need creative thinkers. We need people that have permission at the beginning of a Zoom meeting to just talk for five minutes and get to know each other before we jump into the agenda. It's, it's crazy how much all that gets scrubbed out of our, our society and everybody wants to take off the edges and and make it all safe and and uh, it's it's me it's i guess uh, w with the right i think purpose in mind the right heart you know they want to make it make it safe and productive and we all want to make more money and have our company grow and stuff like that but i think people lose the the way to do that that um, every strength to an extreme is a weakness so if you're too productive, you're, you're not being playful enough. If you're too playful, you're probably not being productive enough. And we need a little bit of everything in, in, in the mix there to really be successful and, and enjoy the ride, right? Yeah, yeah. Most importantly, enjoy the ride. And I love what you said about, you know, leading by example, whether you're at, at just like the, I don't like to say the lower tier. I'm just trying to think of the best word to say, like bottom line employee, all the way yeah, up right. to the leaders. And, you know, make me think of playful leadership, which is, as you mentioned, even just talking it out about anything and everything for the first five minutes, let's say. And being a leader, I think we most often think of, you know, again, maybe CEOs or managers or, oh, business owners. But I think each person can be a leader of their own life and right. I can help lead by example for my family and my friend group and all that. And so how does being a leader and incorporating that sense of play or even just curiosity and, and that inner child bringing lightness, like you said, it's like, yeah, you so stiff, right? <laughs> like being a little bit more fluid and light. How do we start to, to slowly creep into that role without maybe overdoing it when like forcing people to play or partake in things that we think are fun. Yeah, I, I've kind of found two ways, two loopholes in our society that, that you can use. Uh, invitations and games. So I mentioned the invitations earlier. I think is as a leader, we can invite people to a virtual happy hour. We can invite them to play and, and give them permission not to, right? But I, I think the invitation to be playful allows people to open up and come to you and say, oh, okay, well, we don't have to be 
so stiff. If, if I invite them with a real question or I was in a meeting yesterday and I, I was uh, sharing my screen in Zoom, so I played music and I was playing uh, Sticks, uh, Mr. Roboto, when people came on to the call and almost every person was laughing and asking about it and was like, what are we doing? Why, why, is, there, why is Mr. Roboto playing in the background? And I, I just said, why not, right? And we ended up having a, a much better meeting and way more smiles and, and easier conversation then great, everybody's on, here's the, here's the agenda, here's what we're hoping and jumping right into it. So I think inviting people to open up and, and take the space to do it is huge. And then gifts are also cool, right? If somebody gets you a gift for your birthday, even if it's something you don't want, you're not like, oh, I hate that person for getting me a birthday present, right? So I think you can give little gifts uh, of play to people as well. And if they don't accept it, that's okay right? You have to keep your self-esteem separate from that. And I think some people feel like they have to go totally goofy, right? You don't have to go like crazy bow tie wearing plaid suit, you know, uh, arrow through the head, Steve Martin <laughs> style, <laughs> like goofy to be playful, but you can wear a fun color. You can change, you know, change your hair, do something fun. Um, you know, think about somebody in an interesting way and send them a thoughtful article or, or, um, or joke or, or something to, to make them brighten their day. And uh, I think that's really, for me, what it's about. It doesn't have to be big, huge sweeping things. Like from now on, all of our meetings are gonna begin with, uh, you know, rock, paper, scissors competitions <laughs> or something. No, it's just like, let's just have some fun. Let's just relax a little bit and, and start lowering down those defensive walls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, invitations and gifts. I really like that. And it, an invitation is almost a gift in a sense, right? Right, You're, yeah opening up space for them to, again, have permission. And that's a gift in itself. And then they feel a little bit less pressure, like you said, like, oh, I am able to do it. And then because you gave me permission, I feel good about it. Um, but also you gave me permission to politely decline if that's not something that's in alignment with what I enjoy, which I think is so important to give people that autonomy. And you mentioned leaders. I think that's especially true of leadership, right? That you set the example for the company. So if you wear a t-shirt on an internal Zoom call, other people go, oh, it must be okay. Or you wear jeans and a, a blazer instead of a suit and a tie to an in-person event, it sets a different expectation and gives other people permission to do that as well. So I love that you highlighted leaders because I think they really do a lot to set the culture. And if they give other people permission to be themselves, express themselves, have some fun. That goes a long way for, yeah, for other people. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned too, it's just subtle things, just really small things that other people see and they go, oh, okay, like that, yeah, that's cool. It, it sets the tone, like you said. We've been talking so much about other people's play and just play in general. What is your way to play? What do, what do you do for fun? I mean, you've got the speaking, which I'm sure you think is extremely fun and, and your own branding and your podcast and all that. Tell me more. Yeah, all of those, I, I feel like when I'm uh, on a microphone and the camera's on, I get into that flow state and really have a lot of fun. So that's one of my, my magic moments for sure. But outside of that, I mentioned I love Lego. I really need to find something that I can grab and show, but I have a huge Star Wars Lego collection over here on the side and, and, uh, and some other fun stuff that I like to do by myself but I also have seven nieces and one nephew and I love just playing with them. And I love like board games and having fun with people. We play a lot of, uh, of card games and dice games and, 
and stuff with the family. And that goes all the way back to my childhood. So I'd really recommend for other people that are trying to find their play is think back of what did you really, you know, enjoy when you were a kid? I loved beating my grandparents at Uno, you know, being like seven to 10 years old and being able to beat adults in, in games and stuff was really special and fun and everybody would laugh and enjoy it. And I guess the, the last thing that comes to mind for me is I try to have good clean fun, which uh, sounds cheesy to some people, but I've just found like the manufactured stuff didn't work. Whenever I drank or tried drugs or, or anything else like manufacturing fun, it never felt the same way. There, there was something I was trying to force too hard. So even like New Year's Eve's or weddings or, you know, a big red carpet premiere or something, there's too much pressure on that that they almost never end up fun. So when I'm laughing with my friends and we're playing and goofing around or just uh, music and dancing is another huge one for me. I love singing. I'm not very good at it, but um, I hosted karaoke shows for 12 years. Uh, I love singing and dancing for sure. That's awesome. I, you hosted karaoke shows for 12 years? Yeah. That's Over awesome. 2,000 shows around Kansas City. Yeah. What inspired you to do that? Well, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be a DJ on the radio. That was always my dream job when I was like, you know, 12 year old Mike wanted to be on the radio for sure. And I didn't really know how to how to do that. So I got a job at a restaurant during college. And I thought like, hey, if I can get I get a little table, I get a little audience uh, every you know, 15 minutes or so I get a new little small audience I can entertain. And they had karaoke at the the bar there on the bar side. And I was having fun and messing with people and, you know, being an instigator of, of fun within our, our group and the bar. And the lady said, you'd be, you'd be good at hosting this. Did, did you ever think about it? And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, how much does it pay? Because being a waiter sucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so I started doing that. And then we did karaoke singing contests for the radio stations. And I got on the radio and I got uh, some regular shows at casinos and bars and uh, I actually even won awards and I got to open for Billy Idol and Frankie Valley doing karaoke contests on stage and, and stuff. So it really just turned into something that was really fun. And I think the magic for me was that I was not a good singer because <laughs> if I got up there and did something terrible, then everybody else in the place goes, Oh, I can do that. <laughs> right. And so I was really able to inspire other people to, to go for it and, and let yeah. loose and have fun. Oh, that's so cool. That's so fun. And, and the way that it came about too is uh, almost a happy accident, but that's such a cool turn of events. Uh, you said something earlier when you were talking about your own play experiences and you were like, oh, I'm going back to my childhood. Uh, what did I enjoy back then? And I think for a lot of people who maybe aren't as familiar with play or don't do it as often, yeah, maybe they don't really know what their play preference is. and love for you to, to dive into that of, of, yeah, how, how can we go back into our childhood and just remember like what ignited us and then replicate those things now? Yeah, I think that's it. And you're right. I'm glad you brought that up because I was very blessed. Uh, I had a great family, a fun childhood. We had a pool in the backyard. People would come over and we'd have pool parties every weekend in the summer and some good friends and just super blessed to be able to play. And my parents never really told us to, you know, be quiet or being too loud or having too much fun. They, they always encouraged it. So I feel really lucky in that. But I think that made me uh, now the, hopefully an example that I can help spread this to other people. So 
there are probably people that didn't have any fun in their childhood and it was really strict or a harsh or, or even harmful environment. And I, I really feel for people like that, but hopefully you've had some experiences in your life. So maybe it was even into adulthood and stuff, or there was something that was that bright light in dark times where you're like, man, I could really let myself go in that. So what were your favorite movies? Who were your favorite inspirations? I mentioned mine, like, Steve Martin, Bare Naked Ladies. Again, it goes with the creative nerdery. I like really smart people who aren't afraid to be silly, that don't take themselves seriously. So Steve Martin, really smart, super great author. Same with the Bare Naked Ladies. They you know, write about the Big Bang Theory and, and everything else in their song, but they're still being silly. They also write about you know postcards with chimpanzees on them and, and stuff. So I try to look for those role models uh, in life too, of who do you admire? Who do you like? What what gets you excited and then try a whole bunch of stuff. So some of them don't hold up. I, I've checked out some of the things from my childhood, like um, a lot of cartoons and stuff that I, I used to watch or love. It'd be like, oh man, I used to love that. And go back to them and you're like, no, not the same. That must've just been, been me as a kid. But there are other things like Lego that I, I picked up and I, I go, wow, this is actually even better as an adult uh, because I can see different things. I can see the structure and how they designed it and why they, they put these things in this place or how this piece creates a different shape than what I thought it was. And I really appreciate it a lot more. So I think experimentation and, and start small, start by yourself. You don't have to take big public swings, just buy an art kit or play some music and dance around. And then does it make you feel lighter? Does it make you feel heavier? And, and if it makes you feel heavier and, and more stressed, then stop that <laughs> and, and try something else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you touched on the, the process of experimentation and just trying things to see if they still hold up and if they still bring you that giddiness that you were talking about, or if they don't like, that's fine. Try something else. And maybe even trying something new that was, you know, along the realm of something that you enjoyed as a kid. Like I loved um, climbing trees and jumping over things and yeah. crawling over furniture and playing that hot lava game. And, you know, I'm not crawling over my furniture anymore, but I love CrossFit where there's like box jumps and I get to climb ropes and do all of these things. So it's, it's that experiment, experimentation process. That's also a, almost a play in a sense. Yeah. Did you watch Flora's Lava on Netflix? Uh, no, is there, is there a movie? There, so it's a, no, it's like a, an adult game, like a, like a wipeout game where they created this whole fake furniture floating in lava uh, thing and you have to get your three teammates across the the obstacle course oh my god I'm excited uh, I'm literally gonna go watch that later today <laughs> it's super fun the other thing that you said uh, I loved was uh, in the experimentation I think you also have to remember that you're not going to be good at it at the beginning right so if you're going to pick up painting don't think your first painting is going to be good and you're going to enjoy it know that it's going to be bad but what do you enjoy even when you fail at it that's what I think is fun when I know it's fun right if I sing a karaoke song and it was terrible, I still love it. That means it's something that, that gets me jazzed up, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's so important. Man, I we talked about literally so many things. I can't even remember what that first topic that we talked about was, but it has been an incredible conversation. And, and to wrap everything up uh, with one final question, if there's one person listening, what is one piece of advice or just something that you would say to them that would help them feel like they have more life? Yeah, I think it, to me, it goes back into authenticity and, and being 
congruent and okay with yourself. So the one thing for me is everybody tries to fit in or tries to be a different version of what society tells you you should be. But the more you become of your best self, the more success, happiness, and, and fun you're going to have. Become your best self. Heck yes. It sounds, sometimes it sounds so cliche, but I, I think all the things that are cliche are cliche for a reason. Like they're, they're said so often right, yeah. because they're so true. Uh, so that was beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You bet. Yeah. And I was just going to add like work with what you have. Right. Um, I think you're not going to be six, two, like, like me, I'm not going to have hair like you. So for me, for me to want to get into that, it's just not going to happen. Right. But you can be the best version of you, right. Whatever, whatever that happens to be or whatever you want that to be. So go do yeah, it. Always. Yeah. That's always something that we can achieve no matter what, as long as we put some time and energy into it. So that's amazing. And where can people find you and connect with you and learn from you, Mike? Playfulhumans.com. Playfulhumans.com. There's a quiz there. So you can take a playful personality quiz and maybe discover some ways that you like to play or rediscover ways that you, you like to play. And then there's a community as well. I want to find other cool, playful humans uh, like you, Haley. And so there's a clubhouse there where we're just trying to connect and share ideas for playing, especially in the pandemic and, and other cool, fun things that we see other people doing. Amazing. Awesome. Definitely go check out Mike. Um, I know I'm probably going to be taking that quiz. I usually have an activity for all of our listeners to do after each episode. And that is definitely going to be that activity. So uh, I'm excited to hear other people's play personalities and experiences. And uh, any last words for us? Go have more fun, man. Yes. Go, go play. Do it. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I definitely know that I did. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.